Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is November 20th, and our reading comes from James chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, James says this, What causes the quarrels and the fights among you? Well, that's a great question, right? In all of our relationships, when we are fighting with someone, we should ask, what is beneath the surface? What's causing this conflict? When we look at the conflict and the fighting that's happening in our culture, we should ask, what's below the surface? What's driving this conflict? Well, listen to the answer James gives. He says, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, and so you scheme and you kill to get it. The problem is we have idolized culture. We've idolized creature comforts. We've idolized something in our life that we're convinced I can't be happy without it. The truth is the only thing we should feel that way about is Jesus. Everything else is optional. But what we do, what our tendency is in this life is to take even good things. You know, for most of us listening to this podcast, it's not, it's not some form of immorality. It's a good thing that we've made too important, that we've elevated, that we've idolized to the point that we believe I can't be happy without it. And once we believe that, it enslaves us. And in our fear of losing it, sometimes we're willing to destroy each other to have what we think will make us happy. And the truth is, the only solution to that is to repent of our idolatry and to recognize what I need and what will produce happiness and satisfaction and rest in my life is Jesus. And that's not just a belief in a historical person but a close, intimate walk with God that satisfies and meets the deepest longings of our heart. He goes on to say, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. See, our tendency is to look at what other people have when we're unhappy, And we see somebody that we think is happy. Social media has really made this bad, right? Because social media seems to say, everybody's happy but me. And the truth is, it's not that everybody's happy. They just only post about their happy moment. They don't post about all the bad, negative, struggling moments that they experience just like you experience. But our tendency is to hide those things. So when we look around, it appears that everybody's happy and we know that there are some things we are unhappy about. And so we get jealous and we look at their life and we start concluding, well, if I had what they had, if I was doing what they're doing, then I'd be happy. And we idolize those things and begin trying to take it from one another. Here's what we should do. Let's ask God. James says you don't have because you don't ask God. So we've got to believe that God is good. God's for us. And that if we'll ask God, either he'll give it to us because he knows it is essential for life or 
He'll say no because he sees the danger of us trusting in something other than him. And he's trying to settle that in our heart. One of the troubles, one of the trials that we experience is when we've idolized something and we're going after it and it's destroying us and we're so unhappy and we're convinced if I don't get this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be happy. I can't make it right. And it creates some trouble. And one of the things that God in those moments is trying to teach us is know what you need is Jesus. And everything else we need comes from him. Do you remember chapter one? Every good gift comes from the Father of life. Do you remember Matthew 6, 33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will kind of fall into place. But when we idolize things, we have a tendency to destroy each other. And in the process, we destroy ourselves. So let's ask God and then trust God with the answer. So he goes on to say verse four, because this is the, the, the response to that kind of living. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? In other words, we're being unfaithful to God. When we trusted in Jesus, we become one with him. We become the bride of Christ and our faithfulness, our love, our allegiance is to Jesus, not this world. So we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We use the world. We don't allow the world to use us. We use the world for the sake of Jesus and other people, but we're careful not to get in a relationship with the world where the world has enslaved, is controlling, often destroys, is using us. Instead, watch this, verse 5. Do you think the Scripture's not without meaning? They say God is passionate that the spirit he's placed within us should be faithful to him. So what God wants is for us to have that same kind of love and pursuit and desire for him. And when we do, the truth is everything else we need for life and godliness flows out of that relationship. Therefore, God opposes the proud, he says, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up in honor. So when we recognize this is true, man, we have to humble ourselves. You remember again in the Beatitudes when Jesus says a second Beatitude, blessed are those who mourn. There's a brokenness over sin. There is a weeping over the mess that we've created, over our idolatry, over the enslavement that we've experienced because we've loved this world. And James is just saying, listen, let's be broken. Let's actually do business with God. Let's be honest about our spiritual condition and allow that sorrow to lead us into repentance and godliness. Verse 11, don't speak evil of each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law as the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So we've got to just be careful that we don't spend all of our life focusing on the failures and the shortcomings of everybody else trying to fix them. Let's focus our attention on our own shortcomings and inviting the Spirit of God and the Word of God, inviting Jesus to fix 
us. Listen, the truth is, if I'll focus on my own growth and development and help other people connect with Jesus, Jesus will deal with their issues. See, this is the problem the church has made for too long, is that we have a tendency to look at our world and try to fix their behavior. That's not what they need. What they need is Jesus. And we can trust if they actually learn to be with Jesus, that they will become like Jesus, that he will deal with their issues. Isn't that what he's done for us? I mean, if we become more like Christ, are we more holy today because somebody came up to us and pointed their finger at us and told us what was wrong with us? Is that what produced change in us? No. In fact, for some of us, we experienced that. And for a season, we ran away from God because of that experience. That's not what changed us. What changed us was the grace of God. What changed us is to be loved by God. What's changed us is learning to walk with Him, to begin our day in His presence, to open the Word and allow Him to speak. What's changed us is cultivating this relationship. So the only thing that's going to change our world is when we help our world cultivate their relationship with God. So we don't want to judge them. We want to teach them to follow Jesus. Verse 13, look here. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town, we'll stay there a year, we'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is that the Lord wants to, we'll live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. James is just telling us we've got to live with this perspective that we don't know what tomorrow holds. So let's live this day for Jesus. That doesn't mean we shouldn't make any plans. I, I've got a plan for my finances. I've got a plans for my family. i got plans for ministry and retirement. But I have to hold all of that with open hands, knowing I might not be here tomorrow. He says, my life is but a morning fog, a vapor. It appears for a little while. And then vanishes away. I'll never forget years ago, Dr. Bennett taught me this funeral message. Life is short. Death is certain. God is waiting. And it was based on this verse. Your life is like a vapor or a morning fog. Appears for a little while and vanishes away. And so because that's true, let's live with an eternal perspective. Let's live to please Jesus, let's live for his kingdom and be careful not to be arrogant about our plans, but to hold them with open hands, trusting God. He's good. He's for us. He's our father and he's sovereign over all of redemptive history. Let's pray about it. Father, thank you so much for this instruction. God, when I think about all the fighting in our lives and the fighting around us, help us to recognize that the root issue is there's something we've idolized and that we're willing to destroy people for. And God, the truth is there's nothing that important. People are more important than issues. We don't want to be a fighter. We want to be a peacemaker. And so, God, I pray that we would idolize you, that we would find our life and happiness and security, our identity in you, so that we could love people and not fight over what really doesn't matter. So, God, give us the capacity to do that. Help us to humble ourselves. Help us to resist the devil. Help us to draw near to God. So grateful for the promise that you are drawing near to us. Lord, we invite you 
to transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.